Welcome to Life in the Library with your hosts, Cheyenne and Sam. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Life in the Library. I'm Sam. I'm Cheyenne. And before we jump into today's episode, I have a fun fact about the library. Whoop whoop! That we're supposed to be doing, but Cheyenne forgets. <laughs> so, librarians used to have to adopt a particular style of handwriting called library hand. It was common in the 1800s during the beginning of the Dewey Decimal System because curators believed that the that legible handwriting was a must for card catalogs. That makes sense. However, the practice faded when the typewriter was introduced. Of course it did. <laughs> okay, so on today's episode, I finally picked out a book that Cheyenne read Woo! and liked. Liked? Did you like it? Yeah. Well, I did a good enough job <laughs> that she read it. So Cheyenne's going to... Take it away. Whoop, whoop. I have no idea what she's talking about because I forgot. So on one of the many trips that Sam and I took to the library, she picked this book out for me thinking it was just another tale of the story Robin Hood. Hold the- on. I just need to preface that this entire time Cheyenne has been reading this book, she keeps saying Peter Pan and I keep saying Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, we never get it right. It's Robin Hood. But if you combine the color of Peter Pan and the sleuthing skills of Sherlock Holmes, you just get Robin Hood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, the name of this book is called The Ghost of Sherwood by Carrie Vaughn, and it came from the Alashua Library Branch. No hopper. Let me just start by saying that this book was, like, only 100 pages long. So, this is going to be a very, very, very short synopsis. Listen, I just, let me relish in the fact that I got a book that you read. (laughs) I don't care how long it was. So, we all know the story of Robin Hood, but have you ever wondered what his children would be like? I'm going to tell you that my very first story of Robin Hood was the Fox one. I know, the Disney one. Yes. Yeah, it's so cute. So, would they favor Robin, Marion, or be entirely different altogether? What do you think, Sam? feel like they would have bits and pieces of both. Mm. One's going to favor one. The other one's going to favor the other. Would they have bow skills? If they were taught. Or be charming in court and strategic like their mother? If they were taught. (laughs) (laughs) Using the ghost stories of their father and the memories of their mother, John, Mary, and Eleanor, which are the kids, by the way. Okay, why are they called ghost stories? Is it because he's never been caught and he's like a ghost in the night? Yeah, he's like aloof. And is Marion dead? Why are they memories? Like her memories from when she was like younger? It's just like stories they've been told of her childhood, yeah. Okay, cool. Or like her times in court. Got it. (laughs) Um, so John, Mary, and Eleanor find themselves using their father's reputation to get them out of dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. So after they escape being kidnapped by by Sheriff Nottingham? No. Darn. (laughs) (laughs) After they escape the dangerous situation in which men kidnap the kids as a way to send a message to the king at the time. Robin Hood? No, Robin Hood's not the king. So why did they kidnap his children? Because he pleaded loyalty to the king. Okay. And they don't like the king. Okay. Make sense? No. What do you mean? How does that not make sense? I don't know. They didn't like the king in the original movie. And in the new movie, there was no king. It was just a sheriff. I don't understand. Okay. Well, anyway. (laughs) They escape the dangerous situation in a fashion that best suits their father. Mary realizes that the fate of her family lies in her hands and in her future marriage. Wow. Yeah. 
everything always falls on the nerds it really does so she was like <laughs> her father like pulled her aside robin hood and he was like hey i arranged this marriage for you i'd be pissed yeah i'd be like peace out dad but it was like either they marry this guy and it like incites peace or she chooses not to marry this guy and, and then incites war. god only knows what happens so i really can't say any more about this book because it's literally only like a 102 page book which is a very small book <laughs> it would be such a cute bedtime story for parents to read to their kiddos or a great starter book for a small child robin hood is defined as someone who makes a point of redistributing wealth to those in lower financial positions whether by legal or illegal means who do you think best describe is the best depiction of a modern day robin hood so we recorded this twice so i'm gonna go ahead and say Mr. Beast, even though I have nothing, I know nothing about him and a Cheyenne's person, so I'm going to let her talk about it. Wow, way to steal my guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Mr. Beast would be the best depiction of a modern day Robin Hood um, because Mr. Beast uses all of his funds and connections he gains from monetizing on social media to distribute resources and funds to those who are less fortunate, don't have access, or the technology needed for the procedures they need. Um, last time I heard, he lived in a tiny little apartment with the bare minimum and drives a beat-up car so that he will never live outside of his means in case one day his social media influence dies down and he doesn't generate enough revenue to sustain his lifestyle. Smart. Yeah, it is very smart. More rich people should do that. Literally. Uh, first of all, I don't know what one single person needs a freaking 16 house mansion for, 16 bedroom mansion for. Yeah, for real. Do you know how dusty I would leave that house? Do you know how I would like literally board off one section of the house? Cause like, I don't know. Why would you, I would never hear someone break in. Someone could break in on like the eighth wing and the second story window <laughs> and I'd be on like the 16th wing on like the first floor and I'd never hear it. They'd steal all my crap and then murder me. <laughs> <laughs> Those are like the best places to play hide and seek though. Could you imagine? You never Until find one's haunted, the and you're just like, or that. <laughs> exactly. Scooby you would be on like one side of the house, and all you hear is dunk, and I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> I don't even care if it was my dog on the other side of the house, or the cat that I didn't know that I had that probably broke in one night <laughs> when it was cold. I'm out. <laughs> Seems like bye. It's either a person or a floaty dude, and I ain't freaking freaking. <laughs> I ain't trying either. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Beast is a super cool dude. Um, he doesn't cuss or use profanity in any of his videos and is actually a great YouTuber to let your kids watch if you have small kiddos and worry about the type of content that they're consuming. He actually just did a really cool video um, that has a lot of controversy around it right now because he paid for like 15, 20 people to get this eye surgery that they couldn't afford otherwise. And it can literally take you from being like blind to being able to see. That's pretty awesome. And it only takes like five minutes. Oh, wow. But there's so much controversy about it because he used it for content. Mm. I feel like everybody that if there's a video about anything that's like showing the good in the world, everyone hates it. Like, oh, why did you have to record it? Yeah, I agree with that. But also, like, if they knew him at all, they would know that all the things that he does, he's able to do because of the money he gets from his videos. Right. So if he wants to continue to provide these life-changing procedures for people, he has to continue making the videos. And everyone that's in the videos agreed to be in the videos, so I don't see the problem. No, I agree. Like, he didn't go up to anybody and say, hey... The only way that I'm going to pay for you to get this procedure is if you let me record it. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. So I don't see the harm in it. I think people are just dumb. <laughs> anyway.
Anyway, Sam, want to tell us about your book? Sure. I don't think anybody does. That's Incorrect false. information. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I read a book called A Simple Favor by Darcy Bell, and I got it from the Tower Branch Library. And originally it was twenty five ninety nine, probably when the economy was better, but I got it for free. <laughs> this book kind of shocked me because sometimes I read the little excerpts in the back of the book about the author and it's always this long drawn out thing about the author and where they grew up and if they're married and if they have kids and what else they've written and where they work and all this other fun stuff. But Darcy Bell's was pretty short, so I'm just going to read it to you really quick. Darcy Bell was born in 1981 and raised on a dairy farm in western Iowa. She is a preschool teacher in Chicago. This is her first novel. And wow. that's it. Yeah. If you've heard of A Simple Favor, it's most likely because you've probably seen the movie, which is how I found out about it. <laughs> that's honestly why I picked up this book at the library, because I like the movie, and I love to see the differences and answer that question that floats around movies made from books, which one is better? You always hear that everyone says that the book is better than the movie, but is that true for this one? Well, here's my opinion on both. <laughs> because you asked. <laughs> well, duh. That's the point of this podcast, Ryan. <laughs> they were both very different and both very great. Yeah, I remember when you were watching the movie, you were, like, pointing out things that were different. Because we watched the movie together, guys. We do everything together, okay? So, just, we did it together. When she was watching the movie, she was pointing out, like oh that's different than the book like i wish the book would have had her be a little bit more spicy like the movie yeah. does or things like that mm -hmm. i favor the movie a little bit more only because it has blake lively in it but i don't understand the hype about her she's gorgeous she's a ba <laughs> our listeners who are just like joining are gonna have no idea what that means and we're not gonna explain I can go back and listen to the first episode where <laughs> I explain. Anyways, they have similarities, but they're both definitely their own beings. The movie was made way more dramatic than the book, but the movie also changed the storyline a bit. So, if you like the movie and the plot, go read the book. The changes almost make a completely different story. In the book, there is a husband, Sean, and his wife, Emily, and their son, Nikki. There is a widow, Stephanie, and her son, Miles. Both moms yeah. become friends. However, is there a reason behind why these polar opposites became friends? Or did it just happen? And are they really that opposite? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Emily is a PR person for a high-end fashion designer, while Stephanie, Stephanie is a stay-at-home mom and a blogger. So, definitely polar opposite. Emily likes wow, to sounds like us. Facts. Polar opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Emily likes to bend the truth, while Stephanie likes to tell the whole truth. As the boys have more and more playdates, the moms spend more and more time together, asking each other for simple favors. Hence the name. <laughs> Until Emily asked Stephanie to watch Nikki a little later than normal because she was running late and Sean was out of the country. Which, by the way, I love when movies and books use the title and the story. I don't know why, I just do. And Emily literally says, I need a simple favor so many times in this book. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the title is actually used so much in this book that I think that's one of the reasons why I actually liked it. Really? Yeah, because I'm weird. <laughs> Facts. Anyways, let's get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Emily was supposed to pick up Nikki later than normal, right? 
until a couple hours later turned into a day later, then three days later, and then Emily was reported missing and the hunt was on to find her. However, that all ended when the body was found. Dun, dun, dun. Stephanie and Sean were upset about the news, but how upset? Not very. <laughs> the two have been getting closer with each other now that Emily is no longer around. Mm-hmm. I hope the you know flip for me. that if you ever go missing, I will not be getting close with Tracy at all. Good! <laughs> Tracy would be like, I need to mourn. Mourn by yourself. <laughs> You'd be like, mm, sorry, friend. Here's a stuffed animal. <laughs> we can make that pack right now since you broke our other pack. I'm sorry that I got married. <laughs> it's okay. I forgive you. You guys, Sam and I had a pact that if we didn't get married by what age? I think it was 40. 40? Because that was unrealistic at the time, but now it's very realistic for me. <laughs> no, it's not. We had a pact that if we didn't get married by 40, we would just move in together and get a donor, like a sperm donor, and just raise our kids in the same house. I feel like that was more expensive than what it was. We just said we would get married to each other. Oh, I guess I thought it through more than you. <laughs> but I've but always... we didn't live very well together. I've always known that I wanted kids. I mean, same. But also... To an extent. We didn't live together well when we were young adults. No, I feel I like... I wanted to strangle Cheyenne. I tried to... I tried to kill Cheyenne one she time. She did try to kill me. Yo, if she... I ever die, y'all better go to Sam first. Shine, what are you what are you allergic to? I am allergic to the this is gonna sound so weird. It's not pervy, I promise. I am allergic to the secretion of a zucchini. So when you peel a zucchini, that slimy, sticky substance that's on the zucchini is what I'm allergic to. So I didn't know that. Sam just, I just knew that she was allergic to zucchini. Yeah. So Shine made me really mad. So I, for some reason we had a zucchini in the fridge. I put it under her pillow. And do then you I know, felt bad. Do you know that I just found out about this this year, you guys? This was like six years ago. I know. She tried to kill me six years ago, and I'm just now finding out about it. However, Cheyenne's best friend at the time also knew and didn't say anything. So. Yeah, Coney. What the heck is up with that? <laughs> <You're just> gonna- <laughs> at least I felt bad. I didn't leave it there. I'd only stayed under your pillow No, for you like- just talked to my other friend into not saying anything, <laughs> and y'all were plotting to kill it me. only stayed there for like five minutes. It That's because matter. he was more in my favor what at the time. I, what if I actually would have been allergic to zucchini, and it, like it being under my pillow, the remnants of it being under my pillow killed me? How would you feel? I would laugh. I'd be like, Shine, how does zucchini get under your pillow? <laughs> I'd be dead. I couldn't answer you, first of all. <laughs> That's so rude. They're going to be like, oh my god, why are you still friends with her? She quite literally tried to kill you. (laughs) I have Stockholm Syndrome, guys. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I don't. (laughs) Let's just say we've both grown a lot. (laughs) Anyway, continuing. I don't even know where I'm at anymore. Okay, okay. Damn. So, pretty soon... Stephanie and Miles have moved in with Sean. They're now a family. And that's until Nikki claims to see his mom and Miles backs him up. Honestly, what would you freaking do if you had kids and your spouse died and your kid came home and was like, I saw daddy. I'd be like, that's cool. Tell him I said hi and come back and take care of you, you little turd. (laughs) You're stressing me out, man. (laughs) Tell him I said I'm mad at him for making me a single parent. Right. (laughs) Tell him I didn't (laughs) sign up for this garbage and to come take care of you himself. If he wants to poof into your life, he can poof back in. 
I know I said through whatever the marriage thing says, sickness and then health and whatever, but like I didn't sign up for this for real. <laughs> Just add in ghosthood as well <laughs> to your marriage vows. <laughs> Just cover all bases. <laughs> I'm going to look at the, like, pastor that marries me and be like, can you also say in ghosthood? He's going to be like, what? He's going to be like, no, that's a demon. So how about we not, like, open your house up to that? Then Stephanie starts to get strange phone calls that sound a lot like Emily on the other end of the phone. But is it Emily? Is it the ghost of Emily? Stephanie takes to her blog and writes as if she's talking to Emily, saying everything she thinks Emily might want to hear, even letting her in on some things she found out about Emily's past. You know, just in case Emily isn't actually dead, which Stephanie is starting to believe. But Sean is just trying to make her think she's crazy. I don't want to spoil any more of the book or the movie, so I will end my summary with a couple differences between the two. The way the girls meet is different, the type of job Sean has is different, and there is a chunk of the storyline missing from the movie that is mentioned in the book. So with all that said and done, I'm done. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What do you think you liked more, the book or the movie? The, I liked, I don't know, it's kind of hard to pick. I liked the movie because Stephanie wasn't as mousy in the movie. Yeah, you liked that she was a little bit more spicy. Yeah. But I also really liked the ending of the movie than the book. I had never seen the movie until you read this book and you were like, I have to watch this movie to see if there's any similarities between the movie and the book. Because I really didn't think there was any, but holy crap, there were so many. Yeah. And I will say it was an okay book. Movie? Yeah. It was an okay movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Cheyenne. Do you want to tell these people about My what we saw fire? in Jacksonville? Yeah. <laughs> so... Real quick, little backstory. I was a dispatcher for three years. I miss it. <laughs> so I've taken a lot of structure fire calls, but I've never witnessed one. First and of all, hang on. <laughs> Who decides they want to witness a structure fire? <laughs> it's beautiful from a distance. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you just saw this like house uh, like blazing in fire and you're like, that's so pretty. This, the twinkly lights. <laughs> I'm not a pyromaniac, just to put that out there. I actually have a massive fear of fire. Yeah, Massive fear of fire. Yeah. Anyways, it just makes my little dispatcher heart happy. I mean, not that there's a fire, but that the fire is being taken (laughs) care of. I like to know that people are burning. (laughs) No. Uh, Just to know that the fire is being taken care of by firefighters, who, unlike my county, might be attractive. Uh, Um, So, yeah. There was a dumpster on fire. (laughs) Yeah. We were... I saw smoke. And then I heard a woo-woo. And I said, oh, my God, follow it. So she followed it. <laughs> we were driving from Crumble Cookie to get back on the interstate. And Sam was like, a fire truck pulled out behind us. And Sam was like, oh, my God, there's smoke in the air. And I'm like, no, there's not. And she was like. I, even though there was, like, heavy black smoke <laughs> going through the sky. And then I was like, oh, yeah, there is. But we're nowhere near it. And she goes, yes, we are. That is so close. And I was like, no, it's not. And she goes, follow the fire truck. <laughs> so I did. And lo and behold, the fire truck drove, like, a mile ahead and turned. Like, Even it was Cheyenne right thought we were right. nowhere near this fire. Yeah. And I was going to park in the, like, because there was a hotel to the left of the fire. Because it was, like, at this gas station in front of this hotel. And I was going to park in the hotel parking lot and just let her sit there and watch them actually put it out. But she didn't want to. But then I made a wrong turn on the interstate and we had to circle back around. And she got to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, not a pyromaniac. Fire actually terrifies me. But it's pretty from a distance. Yeah. 
And they put it out anyways. We also went to... I have no idea. Oh. We went to Biddy and Bo's. It's so cute. They gave us these really cute coffees. Sam got a strawberry... Cho- so, what'd you get? Not a strawberry chocolate something. <laughs> <laughs> I got a... It was a chocolate-covered strawberry yeah, something. Yeah, a white chocolate-covered strawberry. Iced coffee. Iced coffee. And I got a brown sugar iced coffee. And our server's name was Michael. And he was the sweetest guy ever. And he said his favorite thing about Valentine's Day was getting to spend time with his honey. That's not what he said. Getting to smooch his honey. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cute. And he put little... um they, Little hearts. Yeah, they wrote on our cups. And they put little hearts on our cups. And it was adorable. Yeah, it was pretty cute. They were just so nice. I honestly wish that we had something like that in our county for, because what they're, for the people that don't know, they. Because you didn't tell them. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) didn't tell you. I like completely skipped over it because I was just so excited. But they employ people with disabilities. So they have a lot of Down syndrome people who work for them. um, And they only have one guy who actually is capable of driving himself to work. And he was also very sweet. Yes, his name was Keith. He's actually from North Carolina. Yeah. And North Carolina is actually where they started the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. In Wilmington, North Carolina. They actually have a couple uh, locations. Uh, Savannah, Georgia. Well, there's one in Alabama. I think there's one in Houston, Texas, and maybe Waco. Yeah, they have them all over the place. And they still are branching. Like, you can apply to participate in their branching program, mm-hmm. and they'll set you up to place a shop somewhere. I really wish that somebody would do it in our county because we have a lot of special needs people who could benefit from seeing – like-minded people having a job then it, it would normalize it for them mm-hmm. yeah so i just thought that was cool i'll get off my soapbox about it but if you want to talk to me more about it feel free to message me <laughs> <laughs> well i think that wraps up today's short episode so don't forget to like subscribe and follow on youtube and apple podcast so until next time bye Toodles. thank you big daddy unlimited for partnering with us on this podcast